1: Network.
2: Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksford with you on a Wednesday presented as always by BetMGM. The call there, Monday Night Football, of course, Joe Buck calling another Mahomes touchdown four to Travis Kelsey, as the Chiefs beat the Raiders on Monday. And now we look forward to that game and a bunch of others in week six. Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus, joining us here on the GetMyPhoenix.com. Guest line, the Phoenix State Revolutionary Technology, helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Ben, let's start with that game. It's the biggest one. It's a revenge spot for the Bills last year. It's also, uh, Joe pointed out yesterday, it's the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career. He is a home underdog. Since so it took over as a starter, the Chiefs. What's your
1: thought on this one? We're looking at the Bills minus three in Kansas City on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I I'd never want to you know uh, fade at Patrick Mahomes. I definitely think you know at home uh, underdog right now. Uh, definitely the spot that I am leaning. I do think you know specifically uh, the matchup with the Chiefs interior pressure type situation facing off against uh, you know a left guard and Roger Saffold who has been you know definitely in the twilight days of his career. I do think if Chris Jones can win that matchup, uh, that's going to be a key to the Chiefs' overall success. And then you know defensively. Uh, the real question mark for me is Jordan Poyer right at the, at the safety position. Obviously, Micah Hyde, you know, out with neck surgery isn't going to be available. If Jordan Poyer's out as well, no Davius White, uh, I think there's going to be uh, a lot of free running type wide receivers in that, uh, you know, in that Chiefs offense. I do think that, you know, Patrick Holmes is definitely going to be able to take advantage. So if those things kind of come to fruition, uh, I definitely think the Chiefs are probably the correct play here, especially at a plus three price.
0: It's so strange to look up and uh, you see these totals so low. I'm not a big totals player, but it feels like every week unders came through, unders came through. And tomorrow night, we have a total that's going to be 37 and a half right now. I see it on the low end. Now it's two of the worst offenses, but it's just, you don't uh, kind of shake your head. You're not shocked when you see all these games in the low 40s. Have you guys uncovered anything at PFF? What's going on? Why is the scoring down? Because everything the league does is they're trying to increase the scoring, but we just haven't seen it in the first five weeks.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I think, you know, what we've kind of seen, you know, especially at the quarterback position is there are two really good quarterbacks and they're facing off this weekend, right? We kind of, you know, already touched on that game, 54-point total. But outside of those two guys, there's no real, I would say, consistent week in and week out type player outside of maybe Lamar Jackson as well uh, that can kind of generate big type chunk explosive offensive plays downfield. And I think we're kind of seeing, you know, a fundamental shift from the defensive side of the football where, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot more coverages that are forcing teams to both run the football or throw short average depth of target type throws. And I think that, you know, sequentially moving down the field has been really difficult for a lot of offenses because of the quarterback situation, because of the, you know, the injury situation, both at the quarterback position and the offensive line but uh the defenses definitely have i would say uh, a-, a talent discrepancy right now especially uh in the trenches and i think that they are winning enough of those matchups to the point where uh we are kind of seeing low scoring games and i do think that one interesting thing is we- we've been so low scoring so many total unders have hit in this particular season but uh I would say defensive touchdowns and defensive swing type plays, where they are setting up the offense to have you know a quick and easy score, are actually up to start the season. So uh, I would mm-hmm. say even though scoring is down, some of that is because of uh, you know or s- some of the actual scoring that we are seeing is because of the defensive side uh, generating some of those. Uh, you know, turnover worthy play type situation. So it's, 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 there's a, there's definitely been a fundamental shift. And I do think it's, you know, mainly the offensive line plays really down quarterback play really down. And we're just not seeing too many explosive plays happening offensively anymore because of, you know, coverage schemes and those sorts of things limiting a lot of those, you know, high value type plays.
3: In a team that comes to mind, speaking of this topic, is the Bengals, 5-0 and to the under. Do you think this team is better than the team we saw last year that went to the Super Bowl? Their defense actually looks better. And just big picture, do you think these unders keep cashing for the Bengals? Um, right now I'm seeing 43-and-a-half, Bengals at Saint.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say at some point we're going to see some explosive type plays because that is, you know, kind of their bread and butter from the 2021 season. Uh, obviously, with Jamar Chase winning downfield and, you know, he's seen a lot more bracket coverage this year. I also think, you know, they're, the, the, the issue with the Cincinnati Bengals arriving early was uh, they kind of had to drag Zach Taylor along in a lot of these situations. He's not really... Uh, You know, all that productive from a play calling standpoint, offensive scheme, I do think is, you know, down from where it was at even last year. And I think, you know, that's kind of the main concern with Cincinnati being so good last year is that uh, it it, it kind of, uh, you know, uh, shined maybe a, a more positive light on Zach Taylor than what we should have thought. And I do think that we're kind of seeing, you know, the downside of that so far here in 2022. I do think they're going to be able to get it going at some point, but, uh, you know, against the Saints secondary that I think is, you know, still really good, some injury type situations, but I think they're going to, you know, it's going to be another spot where Joe Burrow has to win underneath. And I think, you know, on on Sunday night, they tried to do that, didn't quite generate it enough. And I think that this could be another spot where, uh, you know, that kind of plays out as well.
2: We're talking to Ben Brown for Pro Football Focus here. Week six in the NFL starts tomorrow night. Ben, Sunday night football. Cowboys at the Eagles. I'm fascinated by the line in this game. Obviously, both teams are good, right? The Eagles are undefeated. Cowboys have won four straight without Dak. Cowboys defense, excellent. Eagles offensive line, excellent. So the number I'm seeing right now up at BetMGM, we have jumped to six. I would imagine that's information on Dak probably not playing. It's going to be Cooper Rush again. It was four and a half yesterday. What's your read on this game? And and the point spread is interesting. I, I think the Eagles probably win the game, but boy, that's a lot of points to, to lay uh, against a Cowboys defense right now. That's really good.
1: Yeah, definitely. And and the low total too, right? So I do think that it is going to be really difficult for the Eagles to cover, Uh, you know, a six point spread. It might move out even further to six and a half. That would be, you know, I I would say maybe too dramatic of a move. So I do think if you're probably betting something on the spread, uh, I definitely agree with you. I do think the Eagles are going to win. outright, But uh, Dallas could definitely do enough defensively to keep this game close. Some of that, you know, spread movement could be a little bit related to, you know, the Jason Kelsey type injury probably not being as serious. Him Actually being in the fold, Uh, you know, obviously top end type center situation on the best offensive line in football uh, is going to have a pretty big impact against this front four from, you know, the Cowboys unit. So I I definitely would lean, you know, the Eagles eventually winning this game, but I, I do think, you know, six, six and a half based on, you know, the performance that Dallas defense has put forth specifically uh you know with their pressure situation not having a blitz uh still being really successful and you know their secondary unit you know Trayvon Diggs last year much maligned for allowing some of these big chunk plays high variance type player you know hasn't really allowed too much uh in the passing game so far so I do think overall their secondary unit uh it it is definitely routing into form as well so I think plus six probably a little bit too long for Philadelphia but uh you know after their probably less than impressive performance against Arizona last week because it could definitely be a spot where they you know, rebound uh, and, and show out offensively as well. But I, I, if I was playing inside of the spread, uh, it would definitely be the Dallas Cowboys here right now.
0: Ben, I'm actually interested in Bucks steelers one of the uh, larger point spreads of the week. And uh, you guys over at PFF still have the Bucks ranked pretty high. Uh, we did two. We did our power rankings. We all had them up there in, in the top five. Tampa's offensively, the red zone wasn't great against the Falcons. Everybody was uh, predicting that to be the smash spot for Brady. It was a win, not a cover. Looked a lot better. He put up a lot of stats. They don't seem to be interested in running the ball much. Um, Do you have anything on this specific matchup? Brady against a rookie quarterback, Pickett. He's uh, Pickett making his uh, home start here. Uh, again, another tough ask, man. Back to back weeks. Here's the Bills. Here's the Bucks. Uh, last check, the uh, number was eight and a half. There, and and we were just having the conversation about whether or not Brady can actually enter this MVP conversation.
1: Yeah, I mean. I definitely think he can. Obviously, you know, the the offensive line hasn't been great, but uh, Brady's so good at getting the ball out so quickly that it it kind of circumvents them even having, you know, a a bottom 15 type offensive line. I do think that, you know, with no TJ Watt as well, uh, the Steelers are kind of in disarray along the front four uh, of that defense. So if they had any kind of shot in this particular game, you know, it would have to be because tj watt was generating a lot of pressure him not being available of course uh it is a pretty big loss to this team and now you're asking you know kenny pickett to kind of uh you know size up tom brady and actually beat him straight up and i just don't think he's anywhere close to actually being able to do that uh, i do believe maybe long term in some of the offensive weapons that the steelers have but uh you know tom brady's just So much better than everybody else at this point in time at the quarterback position that I do think that outside of Patrick Holmes and Josh Allen, but uh, I, I do think that the way that they have not necessarily been overly effective moving the football. Uh, should probably start to even out in a lot of situations, especially with the wide receiver room getting healthy uh, and kind of back in the fold and up to speed. So I, I expect this to be, you know, a, a runaway type win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, probably rightfully so were, uh, should have been written off in the off season. I think the only reason they were kind of giving that boost was because, you know, Mike Tomlin's performed so well, you know, against the spread and against the wind totals for the past few seasons. But uh, down year overall in talent and the injury situation just hasn't been there for pittsburgh so uh, i'm expecting a blowout win don't think i could touch pittsburgh at you know eight or even an eight and a half point spread
3: well this game intrigues me falcons uh five and oh ats do you like them as five and a half point home dogs this week hosting the niners
1: that's a good question so i i don't know i honestly i don't (laughs) think i can fade the i don't think i can fade the 49ers right now i mean the the, the real question for me is, you know, the Nick Bosa injury, right? And I do think that, you know, if he does end up playing with that groin injury, uh, we pr- probably should see this my, line move even further in the 49ers direction. If he is out, that's maybe a situation where Atlanta could get enough going, uh, you know, especially on the ground game, uh, to maybe circumvent a little bit of, you know, a 49ers pass rush that won't be as good as, the number as you know, the number one or number two, two unit in the NFL without Nick Bosa. But, you know, outside of that injury type situation, uh, I I think it's probably a 49ers team. Uh, I'm definitely playing their side or I I don't think I'm playing any part of this game at all.
2: Ben, I'm really interested in Ravens-Giants on Sunday. The Giants are 4-1. I don't think anyone believes they're a great team, but they keep finding ways to win. Dable's doing a good job, maybe the coach of the year so far. The Ravens win, kind of ugly. Lamar missed a lot of throws on Sunday against the the Bengals, and now it's Ravens 5.5-point favorites in New York. And then you throw the Wink-Martindale factor in, the former defensive coordinator, knows that Mm -hmm. offense, knows Lamar as good as anybody. What do you think here? Ravens uh, 5.5-point favorites at the Giants on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I'm I am buying into a Ravens uh you know letdown spot in a number of situations, like you said, New York has kind of uh you know, duct taped together a number of uh, wins even you know with a banged-up quarterback unit, banged-up wide receiver unit. But I, I think Brian DeVol deserves a lot of credit. They've been uh, a top-five offense from an EPA perspective on early downs, so he's definitely, I would say, pushing the right buttons with Daniel Jones at quarterback. He you know can possibly get injured because of the running situation and the fact that he's already kind of banged up a little bit. But uh, I think if he's ready to go in this one uh, and does play throughout the game, I do think the Giants are going to cover. Uh, Ravens, I still don't believe in their secondary really. Uh, they did show a little bit, I would say, uh, in a pressure situation against Bengals offensive line that hasn't been good whatsoever, but I do think the Giants have, you know, enough success and do give Daniel Jones enough time to the point where uh, this should be, you know, a- another spot where they can definitely cover Ravens. Uh, I would say probably win on a field goal late uh, from Justin Tucker's leg once again. So I do think the Giants cover definitely play in this spot uh, and-, and like it quite a bit from the New York Giants perspective
0: you know people can cry about bears commanders as much as they want but they they know they're going to be turning on amazon they know they're going to be betting on it watching the bears with their orange helmets looking like a bunch of pumpkin heads running all over the field uh so how are you betting it
1: yeah i mean i'll definitely be on some player props i do think you know uh (laughs) one one thing that i've found at least from like an overall trends perspective is that reception props specifically with offenses being so bad have been cashing at a really high rate. So I do think you're gonna see, uh, you know, some opportunity on, you know, a guy like Terry McLaurin to go under his reception prop, you know, know, uh, those sorts of situations. Obviously Justin Fields doesn't have a really high pass attempt number uh volume from a volume perspective so his receiving reception or like his wide receivers reception props will be pretty low but i do still think there's going to be some value uh on some of those opportunities as well but on the spread or total i don't know like like you guys mentioned when we kind of first started off like 38 37 and a half is just getting so low if we do see you know a, a high swing from you know a defensive Uh, you know pick six or something or even a turnover in the red zone those sorts of things can easily lead to a game going over its total so i i think this number is just way too low to be on the under at this point in time so if you want something on the spreader total i would say probably over 37 and a half we might need a defensive you know explosive type player special teams type play in order to get there but i i think we could have enough uh weird stuff happen here on thursday night in order for that game to get over
3: uh, really quick. I know I was thinking the same. How low does that total have to get for me to take the over on that one? Ugh. Um, but the Vikings, such a weird team to figure out one in four ATS, three point favorites at the Dolphins. Do you like a side in this one?
1: I, I not entirely. I would you know, I, I think waiting on confirmation for the quarterback situation. I do think that, um, it sounds like two is at least going to throw today or tomorrow. I'm not sure what that means, at least as far as timing for when he's going to be back from injury. But, uh, you know, if, if, if the Dolphins are starting, starting Skyler Thompson uh, with, uh, with a somewhat gimpy Tyreek Hill, I do think that, you know, even with the Vikings kind of uh, you know, allowing any team to at least have a chance to beat them on any given week. I do still think at, you know, a minus three price, uh, they are the correct side. So uh, I would probably wait on the injury situation. I do think if Tyreek Hill is back fully healthy, uh, that is kind of the handicap. And then who's going to be the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins? But if it is Skyler Thompson, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to ride with Kevin O'Connell. I would say and Kirk Cousins here for one week and, you know, lay the minus three on the road because I do think they are a, a pretty decent football team right now.
2: Great stuff, Ben. We appreciate it. Ben Brown of Pro Football Focus on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. we got a lot to do. Sean Zarrillo of the Action Network coming up in a little bit. Joe Knows on the other side right here on the Becky All Network.